Beautiful, beautiful. Good morning. Hey, look at that guy. I like that guy. Uh, it's Reformation Sunday. Glad everybody's here. That explains the kilt. That there's tons of information in your bulletins about Reformation Sunday. I got to explain the the yarmulke. I was in a car accident a couple weeks ago or two weeks ago. I don't know. Couple, I don't know. Sometime. You guys have been praying for me. Got a cut on the back of my head. I had a band aid over it last time. Everybody said you should wear a yarmulke. I said okay, I'll go get a yarmulke. So I put a yarmulke on, and that's why I'm wearing a yarmulke. Um, Mazatov. There's a correction. I emailed out the last couple Sundays or last couple weekend emails that there's a scissor lift being rented. That's not going to be happening this Saturday. That's going to be happening the Saturday, the next Saturday, whatever the November that date is. Uh, This Saturday, we're still going to be, you can read about it in the bulletin, show up here, eat some breakfast. We're going to clean out the Christmas closets and go through stuff. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a life changer. Um, And everybody says, what's a scissor lift? Scissor lift. Remember that thing that was parked in the parking lot for the summer? Somebody rented, it's a, you you sit, it's like a bucket. And then you you pull this thing and it goes up. You know, it's a scissor, like it has a scissor. Never mind. Uh, (laughs) Look it up, World Wide Web. Um, Next week is also Daylight Savings. Next Sunday, fall back. It's the bad one. It's the bad one. Uh, oh, good. Never mind. It's, yeah, it's gospel. That, that went from gr- the terrible to great. That's awesome. Okay, fall back. We get an extra hour. That is good. Um, what else is there I need to say? No, I think that's about it. I'm really glad everybody's here. Everybody heard that already, right? And if you're listening on the podcast, I'm I'm glad you're here too. Um, Please stand. And then we will do uh, a call to worship, a responsive call to worship. And then I recommend maybe we should sit again. Cornell, what do you think? Sit and then stand again? Because there's going to be a bagpipe involved. Yes, I do too. So let's do the call to worship, and then everybody will be seated. Would you close those doors, please? No, they're going to walk past first. Is that still the game plan? Cornell wanted it. It's going to be from distance to into worship, right? But it sounds beautiful. Anywho, I do too. I was a little dance move. Let's put this responsive call to worship up on the screen, please. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessed be the Lord's kingdom, now and forever. There is one body and one spirit. There is one hope in God all to us. Our one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all. Blessed be God who sustains and protects his holy church. And blessed be God who guides and confirms us in our faith. Amen.
Let's stand and sing, A Mighty Fortress is Our God.
Happy Reformation Sunday. Do you guys even know what that's about? Um, I, when I was told to do this message, I, a lot of people said, oh, they're not going to care or know. And anyway, but I think it's important, and I think you, that's just a challenge. Um, reform means to reshape, just change the manner of doing things. And we're talking about the church. The Catholic Church had been uh, the only church for like a thousand years, and then after a while it got pretty corrupt, and uh, they, they, didn't, they believed that you could uh, save yourself by working enough and doing enough good things. That's got, that still rings in our society today. We still have people who believe that. Um, they, the, the clergy, the, the pastors, were all picked by uh, leaders in Rome for far-flung places. Um, they kept the Bible. The only Bibles belonged at the church. You couldn't have one at home. And if you could, you couldn't read it because it was all in Latin. And uh, there were a lot of reformers who believed these, some of these things needed to change. There were... Reformers from every country and every place, and we all have our favorite ones, whether you know it's our grandparents came from that country or our denomination was founded by this one, but there were over like 200 years, lots of people involved. And uh, our church uh, the, and all the Presbyterian churches uh, look back to John Knox as being our founder. John Knox was a guy in Scotland. Um, he wasn't perfect, and he had his struggles, but he believed in God, and uh, he at times had to face down the Queen of Scotland, and he spoke the truth in boldness. It's said on his tombstone that he feared God so much that he didn't ever have to fear another human, and so that's pretty cool. Um, and uh, he... Excuse me. Uh, John Knox and the other reformers believed that we should be able to read the Bible. So there were a lot of people who worked on translating it into English or other languages now. Marcia knows how many. Like 1,200 different languages so far and working. And um, they wanted you to be able to read it yourself and grow closer to God by having a conversation with the Holy Spirit residing in you. And they wanted you to know that you're saved by grace, by faith, not by works. And um, also, another real cool thing about the Reformation, about the, in Scotland, was they decided, let's have our leaders, not just the pastor, but our elders, elected by the congregation and we did that just last week. And do you know who was elected to be a leader here? It's Kenny. So we chose him. And if he does a bad job, we can not choose him next time. <laughs> but if he does a good job, and if he's willing, we might uh, get him to do it some more. Anyway, uh, that's the way... 
John Knox helped reform the church. It, the, you know, the people who started the United States thought, wow, that worked really well for the Presbyterian church. Let's adapt some of that and have a government be all about the people electing representatives. We're going to do that again soon. So that's Reformation. There's a lot more I could tell you. <laughs> There's more in the bulletin too. Let me pray. God, we thank you for all the people who've come before us and for their endurance of spirit, for the guidance you gave them, for the faith they had in you and the faith that you had in them. We pray that you would someday use us in powerful ways like that. And that in the meantime, you would keep growing us. Keep us near to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Are 
The prophet Joel reminds us, rend your hearts, not your garments. Return to the Lord our God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Standing on that promise, together let us confess our sins against God and neighbor. Gracious God, our sins are too heavy to carry, too real to hide, and too deep to undo. Forgive what our lips tremble to name, what our hearts can no longer bear, and what has become for us 
a consuming fire of judgment. Set us free from a past that we cannot change. Open to us a future in which we can be changed. And grant us grace to grow more and more in your likeness and image. Through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Amen. God pardons those who truly and humbly repent and those who believe the gospel. Since Jesus died for us, we have peace. We have peace with God, to whom be all praise and honor and glory forever and ever. In Christ Jesus, we are forgiven.
What a gift. Wow. It's good to have the choir more and more back, right? That's so wonderful. Um, I was working in San Antonio, and you may have met me. I'm a little different. I'm not your average Presbyterian. I'm not your average pastor guy. And I remember this, this dude named Will. He was on staff. He was a pastor there, too. He was, I think he was the missions pastor at First Press San Antonio. And he said, Jason, why are you a Presbyterian? Why are you a Presbyterian pastor? Because I kind of have a non-denominational vibe, right? And I thought about that for a I've been thinking about it. I don't. I think that was 2008, maybe 2007. Um, it's because of today. It's Reformation Sunday. I, there's a lot of reasons. The stuff Steve was talking about, people being in charge rather than one person. Um, the theology, the Reformed theology, I love John Calvin. He changed my mind on so many things just reading through institutes. But that... that um, I think Presbyterian, the Presbyterian Church has its greatest strength is in this this fact of the motto: "Once reformed, always reforming." The once reformed. When I say that, think of the day that God walked into your life. And changed everything forever. Reformed you. You were broken. Maybe you were lost. Maybe you were trying to fill it with other things. Your soul. God met you through his son, Jesus the Christ. And the Holy Spirit brought you to that point. And you were reformed. In the hands of God. Always reforming. The two are powerful to individually, but kind of useless. If I'm reformed and I don't change anything and it doesn't, it's, it, you're not really truly reformed until you're part of the reforming of others. Do you follow? I'm sorry to get, we're getting serious, right? Is everybody still awake? Everybody looks really awake. I like this. Um, It's Reformation Sunday. We're doing the lectionary text, and I think that's God picking it out and saying, okay, focus on this is how you flourish. Let me get to where... As a session, we work through and we have vision pages on the back. We came up with a new mission statement, uh, values, strategy, mission measures. And that forms, these don't change. You got your mission statement. You got your values. You got your strategy. You got your mission measures. What that means is mission statement, what are you about? Like, who are you, you know? Uh, How do you do it? Strategy. The heart in which you do it. That's the values. What does it look like when you have a touchdown? Those are your mission measures. Grab a copy of that. 
we'll be unpacking it as we go. Um, we just finished a series on the mission statement, worshiping Jesus Christ, living out God's love, transforming community by the Holy Spirit. That's who we are. That's, that's what we do. That's, that's us. And then you get that box with all those things, values, and, and then you have a vision, and that vision changes. That vision changes. We have this, we have this framed box, and where are we going? We, I get this all from this book, The Church, uh, Church Unique by Will Mancini. And he, he says, picture that box as a brochure of a cruise. The vision is the front page. Where are you headed? Where are you going? And we as a session, we've, we've landed on care and flourish. You could say that reformed, reforming. We didn't say that because it kind of sounded like prisony. You know, it sounded like uh, it, 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 we, we came down on care and we, we were wrestling with plant, grow, and we landed on flourish. And that's what I'm preaching on today. And I'm asking the question of this text, how do we flourish? Is everybody with me still? Sorry, I'm going to keep checking in because I like this dialogue. I like this. Um, we're looking at Luke chapter 19. I'm going to read the first 10 verses. Here we go. He entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him. Because he was going to pass that way, because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man, for the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. This is the word of the Lord. Join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, I pray that your truth would come out of my mouth. 
I pray that anything I say would fall to the ground and be forgotten. Anything you say through me would pierce the hardest of hearts and change us forever. Then all God's children said, first, you got Jesus. He's, he's in Jericho. Anybody been to Jericho? Good. Okay. <laughs> Just a question. Getting to know you. Okay. I've been to Jericho. It's a it's, it's crazy. Just a, I love the whole land. It makes me want to go there every time I mention it. Anyway, Jericho, it's down below Jerusalem. That's, everywhere is up to Jerusalem. You should probably just remember that. Um, Jesus is walking. There's a crowd. And Zacchaeus is, climbs up a tree because Jesus is coming around. I, 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 went, I was at Forest Home once, and a guy named Bart Tarman, he was forever, he was, he was the chaplain at Westmont forever. And he argues from this text that Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus Christ, was short. Because Bart Tarman is a very short man. <laughs> and he points, he, he points out that in Greek, word order kind of doesn't mean anything as long as it's got the same ending. So he was short, could refer to Jesus. That's a different sermon. You guys are bored by that? Okay, I'm going to just keep moving. <laughs> he, he's cruising along. Jesus is short, or Bart Tarman says Jesus is short. Most people say Zacchaeus is the short guy. He's up in the tree. He's looking. He knows that Jesus has power. He knows that Jesus has something different. He knows that he wants to be in this guy's life, and he wants this guy in his life. Notice, who sees who? Jesus sees Zacchaeus. Oh, and we know that Zacchaeus is rich. What does that tell us? This is just a rich guy. It's, you know, uh, it, there's different... There's, Jesus seeks out and saves the lost woman, the poor man, the rich man. The foot is level at the foot of the cross, right? That's just a statement. He's, now we got an up and in guy rather than a down and out guy. He's up in a tree. Jesus sees him. Jesus sees him. And he says, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm coming over to your house for dinner. Right? That's excellent. I don't know. That's, that seems like a Jason move. I don't, I don't like to compare myself with the Son of God a lot, but that seems a lot like Jason move. If it wasn't for a man named Reverend Derby doing the same thing in my father's life, there's no way I would be a follower of Jesus. There's no way I'd be a pastor. My dad, super nerd guy, he got his uh, master's in chemical engineering from Mizzou, doctorate in, in uh, PhD in nuclear engineering at Mizzou, and then he went to Harvard and MIT to do his postdoc work, and that had moved us to Massachusetts. And at that point, my dad, who had grown up as a Baptist, said, I'm too smart for God. For some reason, my, my mom drags us to church, this church in West Medway, uh, West Medway Community Church in West Medway, Massachusetts. Walk in. It's somewhere around now. 
Pastor Derby notices my dad and says, I'm coming to your house for Thanksgiving. And you know what? He's smarter than my dad. (laughs) He just schooled the dude. And that's my whole family follows Jesus. Because Reverend Derby had his eyes up. I'll come to that in a second. Okay. Make sure I'm not missing anything. One moment with another thing I wanted to say. One moment with Jesus changes everything. That's the only way you can dis- that's the only way you can explain. Zacchaeus is at the table and says, "You know what? I'm a rich man. I'm going to give away it all. I, I'm I'm ready. I being with you, things make sense." And then people start to like whisper. He's hanging out with sinners. He's hanging out with sinners. He's hanging out with messed up people. How do I put this softly? I don't think you can put it softly. I think oftentimes we, the church, capital C, are the whisperers. And I once heard a pastor say, if Jesus was around here, he wouldn't hang out with you. He wouldn't hang out with the church folk. He'd be down at the Starbucks. He would be down at the, the Wayfarer. He'd be over at Dick Church's, maybe eating some fried chicken. We consistently need to be called back as the family of God. Away from our entitledness, away from our legalism, away from our rule setting, away from our know-it-allness, Back to the Savior that has the the bottom line of seeking and saving lost people. The lost. Just last session. It happens pretty much once a month at session meeting. There's a finance there's the finance team report and Amy reports to the session and uses all this finance language. You know, uh, I can't even say it because it's finance language. And uh, <laughs> she just gave the report, and I was of the mindset that we're pretty good because everybody's giving. You guys are generous beyond belief. It's, it's so incredibly encouraging to have a steadfast crew that's committed to serving the Lord with their time, money, talent, all of it. But every single time the finance report it comes in, in the end, and... I'm saying, I thought we were doing really well. I'm really sad right now. And it looks like we're going in the hole. And like I, and then she uses some other finance language and says, no, no, there's accounts that are going, they're, they're annual and this is biannual. And they say all this stuff. And I said, okay, I don't know what that means. Amy, talk it to me. <laughs> and she says, look at this bottom line. 
You're right here. We're right here as the body of Christ. And we're right here with what we owe. We're in the surplus. Look at the bottom line. This text, how do you flourish? You look at the bottom line. You look at this the simplicity of it. Seek and save the lost. How do we flourish? How do we remain reforming? We've been reformed. How do we keep going? How do we keep this place alive? Right? How do we keep this people group moving? You can read it. What's the the thing I've been repeating over and over? There's a first word. What's it called? One, two, three. Nope. (laughs) I lost you somewhere. Are you awake, anybody? Seek. Seek. Look around. Look around. Have your head up like Pastor Derby did in Massachusetts. Like, and I'm not saying... You guys do it a bunch, right? Yes or no? I this is a seeking place. Like it doesn't seem like it, but it is. It's it's Edson showed up the Sunday after Thanksgiving. What were you doing the Tuesday after Thanksgiving? Having a Thanksgiving meal with some of our congregants. We seek. We put our heads up. We're out and about looking. Looking and loving. And this is the second week in a row I'm calling us to testify. Because how, how, do, how do we save? Do, yes, can we save? Yes or no? No, that's right. But we can point to the, the God who saved us. We're sojourners in the desert who have found water. We simply go and tell people where we found the water. I'm going to look at my notes and make sure I didn't miss anything. But I don't think I did. I would like to add one more thing. Often we get scared. Are we going to have the words as we seek out and save these lost folk? Are we going to have our own testimony down enough? Do we? It moves the speed of friendship. It's as simple as lifting your head up, being attentive to the Holy Spirit, and allowing the Spirit to flow through you. The words come. The actions come. Uh, One last story. Malia, Gwen, Ian, and I, we had brunch on Main Street. Do you remember that? He had to go do something. It was a Saturday. Gwen, Malia, and myself, spirit-filled. Like we were just, we, we were, 
hanging out, talking about God, talking about the Spirit, talking about all kinds of stuff. Walked out onto the main street. As I'm walking out onto the pier, I hear a, a, a gentleman with a video camera and a mic. There's a, there's a guy with a video camera over his shoulder and a microphone, and he's asking this college-age kid, He's asking, actually, he's asking this question. I hear it out of the side of my, you know, I just hear it in periphery. He says, what, if, what would you do if they used your mother's name as a cuss word? And I just, I heard that and I'm like, that guy's making a Christian video for sure. You know, you know I was just, I just, we kept walking and we were just, um, yeah, we were just walking, enjoying my wife comes alive looking at dolphin we've already heard that and uh, anyway we cruise around <laughs> we cruise around the end of the pier we're coming back and something says actually to my wife because we talked about it afterwards stop stop and just look and i we st- and i st- we stop on the pier and there's a surf competition and it's me and there's malia and here's gwen black over there Right next to me is that kid that's getting interviewed. And I hear the Holy Spirit prompt me say, just ask him about that video experience. <laughs> just ask him. Just ask him how the heck that went. Like, you know, like how, how did that go, getting, this, getting interviewed? And I said, hey, uh, I don't mean to be, you know, intrude or whatever. And he said, no, no problem, no problem. Um, I'm Jason. And he's like, I'm Andrew. Um, and I, I shook his hand. And I said, I was walking out of the thing and I noticed there was a guy interviewing you. He's definitely making a Christian video. And Andrew, he like got his eyes all big and he goes, yeah, he was. And he asked me some really weird questions after that. <laughs> he, was, he was asking me embarrassing stuff. And then I just saw that as a window. I said, you know, like I'm a pastor and I, I, I want to say that you know, that's not, that's not the spectrum of followers of Jesus. Come to find out, he was reading a book that's all about this minimalism stuff. And he, he said, it, was, it was telling him, and I think God was telling him through this book, go and meet neighbors. Because the book says, go and meet your neighbors. Turn your computer off, turn your phones off. And I was reading the book, The Me I Want to Be, and I was talking about the Holy Spirit. Anyway, all of this collides, and there's this huge boom flourishing. And we just had them over for breakfast. What day was that? Friday. Flourishing. It's as simple as picking up your head and instead of being about what you're about that day, being about what God's about that day. And be willing to share your stories. Amen and amen. We're going to continue in worship and we get to hear some more bagpipe, I believe. Um, But this is where I should probably remind everyone, fill out your pledge cards because it's really helpful for us as the finance committee and as session for planning 2023. If you turn in your, and this is for the people in the podcast too. So send out, send, if you haven't done so already, send in your pledge cards 
and send your tithes and your offerings to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And if you're here in the sanctuary, you can leave them in the offering plates on the way out. This morning's offering is now received. they were really, really good. And before I go into this time of prayer, I want to share a few of his thoughts on prayer. We all have busy lives. We have things to do, places to go, people to meet. But Martin said, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. Also, he said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. And then he said, grant that I may not pray alone with the mouth. Help me that I may pray from the depths of my heart. And with that thought, We now go into a time of prayer. Come among us, O God. Reveal your will. Give us the grace and courage to not only hear your will, but to do your will. We strive to serve you as ambassadors of good news, offering our labors in love. Hear us as we pray for our neighbors in need. And then give us the courage to transform our words into actions. 
Holy God, as we celebrate Reformation Sunday with believers around the world, we draw our focus to you and your grace-filled presence in our lives. Remind us this day of the courage you gave to Martin Luther when he could no longer remain silent, and he nailed his 95 theses to the church door and changed our church forever. We give thanks for all who went before us and remember those who are persecuted for their faith. We pray that churches of all traditions may discover their unity in Christ and exercise their gifts in service to all. Strengthen this congregation in its work and worship. Oh God, we continue to pray for the Ukraine. Stop the bloodshed there and end this war, we pray. Bring peace to these weary people. We have been hearing news reports of the severe respiratory ailments affecting the children across the country. We pray for your protecting hand on these little ones who are so vulnerable. We pray for healing of the sick and strength for their anxious parents. Open our eyes to truth as we prepare for the upcoming election. We know you are present as the days before we vote are very few. Guide us to elect leaders who can best lead us all. Direct us in your way, we pray. And join us together as a nation of liberty and justice for all. God of compassion in Jesus Christ, you cared for all who needed help. Hear our prayers today for those awaiting diagnoses of their illness, those who are undergoing treatment, those who watch by the bed of the sick or dying, those who are recovering from or preparing for surgery, and those who are feeling the effects of aging with bodies that no longer work as they once did. Give to each as they have need. And we pray today for Kay Deer, who has been hospitalized. We pray for Gwen Conway as she is recovering from injuries from her fall. And we pray for so many that are named in our hearts. Remind us of the commitment of the disciples as they took Jesus' message far and wide. And we unite together with believers everywhere as we pray the prayer Jesus taught his disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and give us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now I am going to have you stand as we sing our final hymn. 
And this is a hymn that is often used on Reformation Sunday because the words of it so clearly define what Martin Luther believed and taught. To God be the glory. Has he done great things? Yeah. Amen, right? Praise the, let the earth hear his voice. What a good note to end on. Are you going to start from back there or right here? Where should I start? Yeah, you start from back there. I'm going to give a benediction, then he's going to come around and follow me, right? And that way, that way it's going to go? Oh, excellent. 
We want to thank everybody once again for showing up for this Reformation Sunday, 2022. Next week, remember, set your clocks back. Yeah, fall back. Got it. So we get another hour of sleep. And hopefully next Saturday you come and help us clean out our Christmas closets. Uh, but for now, let's go get some shortbread. We got some shortbread back there. Isn't that true? Amen. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.